0: Welcome to X of Words, a new podcast for the new status quo created for and by X Twitter. Every episode, a new guest picks a new question for a shotgun quick listen chat. One question, two voices, 10 minutes. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of X of Words. I'm Ashley, and today my host is Chris. (laughs) Um, In fact, are you, are you all right that I called you the, the host there, Chris?
1: Oh, wow. That's flattering.
0: It's your podcast now, mate. <laughs> uh, you can follow Chris at that nerd Chris, which is T H A T N E R D K R I S. Say hi.
1: Hey, guys. What's going on? Um, my name is Chris. I'm the co host of the Nerd Byword, which you can catch on all major podcast platforms uh, every Monday uh, or nerdbyword.com that's why i called him the host
0: it's quite, quite <laughs> shit going on um, so today's question is who is the breakout star of x of swords um and with that i'm gonna hit the timer and our x starts now okay after you
1: all right so my initial Answer when I signed up for this like weeks ago was was Babel Baby Cable uh, as a character the initial Cable was like a never a character that I never really cared for it was like a peak 90's Rob Liefeld creation which the further we can get away from Rob Liefeld the better um, I didn't really care about Cable until Mutant Messiah and you know the Hope Summers arc and, and Second Coming which is an event that I love but is rather unfortunately named they should revisit that um uh, <laughs> Uh, I think the family dynamic that they have with, with Scott and Gene and, and Nathan is so adorable right now. He just runs in and is like, mom, dad, like it's something that we never really got unless you go read like those mini series that, you know, didn't really have any, you know, you know, importance back in the day. Um... But now that the more that I think about it, that I look back on the entire event, I think when you think of the moniker of the breakout star, that should be someone that you're dying to see more content from. And for me, that's uh, Bay the Blood Moon and and Doug Warlock and all of that dynamic because it, it subverted so many different expectations. You see poor Doug, who I relate to so much. Um, I'm a language teacher. I have a degree in foreign language. I've been a teacher for 10 plus years. And and I'm just fascinated with like the minutia of language and culture and how they're interconnected. So and I'm also a shrimpy guy who can't, you know, be caught dead in a fight. So I appreciate like what you guys touched on that earlier with Doug uh, in an earlier episode, like this, this guy has no business, you know, going into combat. So, like, that, that was my favorite part of House of X Powers of 10 was like him being able to be featured and, and, and finally having a role. And then, you know, being enamored and in love with a powerful black woman that is like two or three times his size. That's such a fascinating dynamic. So, I, I'm definitely just super intrigued to see more content from them coming forward. Ah, so, what do you think of, because
0: um, you, t- you talked about the family dynamic, what do you think of the summer's growing family?
1: I think um, I, I'm kind of two minds. Um, you know, we've seen so much. They've been at the forefront of, of X books, but um, so it's a little bit of fatigue. But then at the same time, you know, seeing this in a different, completely different setting with, with Krakoa and, you know, this, this optimal, you know, culture and, and setting going forward is, is kind of interesting to see. Yeah.
0: And like, so Babel, as you've, <laughs> as you've affectionately called him, <laughs> Um, it's kind of like un-Rob Liefeld the character because all of the sort of key stage one uh, like uh, seven year olds concept of man (laughs) characterization (laughs) that Rob Liefeld loves pouches, guns, gruff no emotions, killing (laughs) like they've managed to take the character and strip all the basic masculinity comprehension bullshit out of it And yeah. give you this new person who's a little bit more nuanced. Um
1: who has ankles and feet. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but also the ability to interact with other characters on a level that is outside um gruffness and mm-hmm. violence or retreat. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That's really, really cool. Um with Bay Oh, good old Bay. Um but one of the few I agree with you Bae's one of the few people that actually had the reveal that I wanted her to have the only other so my pick would have been Iska because I think Iska is like the breakout star oh like for sure she came in she did what the fuck she had to do and she left yep. she didn't say too much she didn't try too hard right she beat everybody that she came in contact with and then at the end she went yep. hold on a minute we're losing changed colour and we didn't see her again and I was like perfect ex <laughs> perfect we know she's around we just don't know where she is
1: yeah. I also love um, even like how much they, they just leaned into her name, like being the unbeaten. And even like the dinner party scenes where she was impressing like magic and all those people with like the parlor tricks. I think Cable is a part of that as well. Like, I'm literally unbeaten. I cannot be beaten.
0: And I, lo- I love that. I love that because it gave a light aside to her as well. Like she wasn't as yeah. single-mindedly about... War and conquest as the rest. For her, it, that kind of characterized her as being about the game. It's about the game and yeah. the context more than it's about contest, sorry, more than it's about yeah. the context. Because the rest of them really yeah. weren't engaging with anybody. And then you turn around and like she's doing flip cup and beer pong <laughs> in the yeah. corner of the room. And I thought that was really nice.
1: It it reminded me. Uh, I just finished watching The Last Dance about Michael Jordan, and like you, you, see him as just like a basketball player. But then, like you see in like the locker room, he's having like coin flipping contests with his security guards and like betting on golf and everything. And it's all about competition.
0: Yeah. Um, the other breakout star, so the person that we were talking about beforehand, uh, I would have said is uh, Mister Sinister, and it was it was it was actually a toss up between Apocalypse and Mister yeah. Sinister because both of them I feel like are rebrand kings. Like Apocalypse yes. got a depthening and a recontextualizing yeah. of his whole story. Like things that we never really understood about Apocalypse started to make sense. Like his focus on yeah. being, you know, the, the survival of the fittest. Yes. His, his need for the Four Horsemen as a way to try to emulate his family and make him feel like, yeah. you know, he'd found family again. Um, and that was all very deep. And I liked that but something about Mr. Sinister's one where it just recontextualized all the dumb shit. Like like his cape. He likes that fucking cape. (laughs) Right? And the fact that like him and his clones and the shady shit that he says, and dragging Kate, right? For looking like she's always just looked like she's done a cartwheel. (laughs) And like, just the fun shit. He he had like a fun, dumb rebrand. And I love every panel that he's in now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and 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 just a quick touch on Apocalypse. Like I that it was such like a perfect story. Like this was basically his event, but it was so perfectly and well done where when you're you're reading Destruction and he's walking away, you're like, "No, I need more." But I think like that less is more and I think it's great. It's like those shows that have too few episodes leave you wanting more are better than, you know, shows that have 26 episodes and they have side quest, uh, you know, episodes about characters that you don't really care about. So I think less is more in that regard. And then, you know, with Sinister, like he was always just like this annoying guy, kind of mad scientist, but it gave him so much depth of character and the glow up. On Nathaniel Essex is real and and it's just so fascinating to watch and and every issue that he's featured in particularly in Hellions um it, just you have to read it like as soon as it becomes available in the digital store I'm immediately there purchasing it so I can read it because I gotta keep up with the this with with you know Mr. Sinister
0: yep. I mean I agree he's he's one of the better parts of one of the best books and that in itself because like he he always had like a little bit of a he was always kind of camp he always had a little bit of a campness Mm -hmm. going on like he was weird and he loved genetics yeah and like but he always had this weird sort of fanciness about him and they've just leaned into the comedy of that and the fact that they could make him a, a sort of solid comedy character along without losing the rest of him I think was amazing writing
1: and, and one of my favorite parts of I think it was in Hellions is when it, you had him face off against Jamie Braddock and they're both like out, you know, drama queening one another like, <laughs> OK, I'm going to need that cape. I'm going to need that cape. It's <laughs> so, like you just had these two like divas going back and forth. It was just amazing to watch. It is like you couldn't get enough of it.
0: So what do you want to see from Bay?
1: What I want, um, I just, I just want more of that relationship. It's fascinating how he can understand any language except hers. Like the one person that you need com- to communicate with is your partner, your significant other, your, your wife in this, in this case. Um, and and the fact that he can't, and and why he can't, I want them to explore that more, and it's just fascinating.
0: I I think it makes her mysterious to him. When I when I yeah. read it, I was like, this is a guy who nobody's inaccessible oh shit okay all right we got a minute I'll, <laughs> I'll wrap this up it's like nobody's inaccessible right yeah everybody's every, he understands that it takes a couple of seconds before he understands you and gets you and communicate with you and yeah. so and that's that's how it's been for his entire life and then he meets someone who not is not only is he attracted to but is hugely mysterious yeah. and he has to figure you out and work you out and this is like the first real relation i suppose this is the first one relationship he's gonna have to put effort in to understand yeah. someone kinda- like
1: <clears throat> and it, it you know it's a really interesting you know analogy and subtext for like what it means to be in a relationship and to pursue somebody is to, like to discover them and like really kind of dig deep and, and and get to know them it's, it's really really interesting way to put for them to, to have done this yeah
0: there's no shortcuts with that he's got to do it yeah. he's got to do it the long way <laughs>
1: I mean, for God's sake, he created the Krakoan language and it's as soon as you arrive on the island, it's just telepathically imprinted. Like that's, you know, as much as I admire that being a language teacher, it's kind of a cheat. It's kind of like a hack.
0: <laughs> and we're all sitting here with that little fucking cypher thing looking stupid every Wednesday. I,
1: I can't even. I can't even. I haven't even done that yet. You guys talked about that in a previous episode and I was just like, yeah, nah.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right. And with that, I think we should probably close it up. Um, But thank you, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here, mate.
1: Thank you, man. Uh, I I just love it. (laughs) I've been Ashley. I've been Chris. And this has been X Awards. Nailed it.
0: someone I fit aside